Hello and welcome back to another episode of 20 Minute Fitness. I am your host Charlie, our regular listeners should recognise me. I'll be doing a few more episodes and I can't wait to get into them. But before I start and introduce the topic for today, I want to say, make sure you subscribe to 20 Minute Fitness on whichever podcast player you listen to podcasts on so you can be reminded when a new episode comes live. If you think a family member or a friend will benefit from one of the insightful interviews on 20 Minute Fitness or the topic-based episodes, then don't forget to share it around. As always, 20 Minute Fitness is powered by ShapeScale. ShapeScale is a 3D body scanning scale. You simply have to step on and the robotic arm will move around you, capturing body data. This data, along with a three-dimensional, photorealistic scan of your body, is then synced to the app on your phone, providing you with all sorts of useful insights, such as body fat percentage, your lean muscle mass, your muscle girths, making ShapeScale a truly comprehensive fitness tracker. It is now available for pre-order at shapescale.com. To find the show notes for the episode, which includes the studies that are referenced throughout the episode, then go to www.20minutes.fitness. Don't forget to email us with any topics you wanted to cover or any feedback at podcast at 20minute.fitness. But now, let's get into the show. So today we are talking hormones and in particular the effect of hormones on fitness and exercise and our bodies in general. Before we take a deep dive into the different hormones we're going to cover, let's do a quick hormone masterclass. So what is a hormone? Well a hormone is a chemical substance that's secreted by one tissue and it will travel by body fluid to another tissue. In a sense, they are like chemical messengers. They control a number of physiological reactions in the body, including energy metabolism, reproductive processes, tissue growth, synthesis and breakdown of muscle protein, even your mood. So we can begin to see how much of a fundamental role they play within the body. Hormones are responsible for both building muscle and also helping to burn fat. So it's important to understand which are actually released in relation to exercise and understand the physiological functions they can influence. But before we have a closer look, uh, let's look at the three classifications of hormones. There's three major ones. There's steroids, peptides, and amines. Each class of hormone has a different chemical structure, and that determines how it interacts with different receptors. So very quickly, steroid hormones interact with receptors in the nucleus of a cell. Peptide hormones are comprised of amino acids and work with specific receptors on the cell membrane, and amines contain nitrogen and they influence the sympathetic nervous system. And hormones can either be anabolic, so they'll help build new tissue, or catabolic, because they play a role in breaking down tissue. So now we've looked at the basics of hormones, let's start thinking about some of the hormones that we're going to cover in this episode. And just to name a few, not all of them, but we'll be looking at testosterone, obviously an important one, adrenaline cortisol and HGH, uh, just to name a few. So let's kick off with probably the most well-known one, testosterone. Now ask any sort of gym bro about which factor most affects muscle growth and even fat loss, and they will say testosterone. There is truth in this, but we'll also have a closer look at this later on. But usually as soon as people say testosterone, females switch off, they don't think it's relevant to them, which it is, and I'll be talking about that in this episode, and people automatically start thinking steroids, and that's not really what we're going to be touching on in this episode. So, testosterone, the basics. Testosterone is an androgenic and an anabolic hormone, and it's secreted by the Leydig cells in the testes of men, and in women, it's secreted in smaller quantities by the ovaries, and it's also secreted by both males and females by the adrenal glands. Now, androgenic 
usually it does mean that it's a male-related hormone, which most people associate testosterone with being uh, relevant to males. However, it is also, as we've just sort of shed light on, secreted by women, and we will touch on this as well and why it's important in fitness for both males and females. So testosterone is responsible for muscle protein resynthesis and the repair of muscle proteins that could be damaged by exercising in the gym and obviously when you're tearing muscle fibers and it plays a significant role in helping to grow skeletal muscle. As previously mentioned, it is a primarily male sort of relevant hormone with men producing 40 to 60% more than females. However, the muscle tissue in men and women is identical. So it can be said that testosterone can be responsible for greater muscle size and strength in men and women. Normal levels of testosterone in men are quoted from anywhere between 280 or 300 to 1,100 nanograms per deciliter. And women, as I said, secrete a much smaller amount at around 15 to 70 nanograms per deciliter. So it's quite a significant difference. And the level of hormone actually fluctuates throughout the day. Um, testosterone levels are usually highest in the morning. If a woman has a high amount of testosterone, it is usually caused by an underlying medical condition uh, that usually affects the adrenal glands. A case of a woman with high testosterone was actually in the papers quite recently. Um, if you remember the South African sprinter, Casta Semenya, she was found to have very high natural levels of testosterone. And in fact, some female runners with these high levels um, in the Olympics, they're thinking about having them race against men or changing events unless they take medication uh, because of the competitive advantage that testosterone would, higher levels of testosterone would give them over other females. A little sidetrack on that point, but I just wanted to make the case that testosterone and the way it affects your fitness and exercise in general is relevant to women is, as well. So just before we move on, I do want to illustrate this with a case study as well. Um, as we know, red blood cells transport oxygen to your muscles and they help to remove lactic acid buildup when you exercise. Um, we build new muscle when we progressively overload our muscles and we stimulate them. So if we do more volume or higher rep, weight, sorry, or if we have less rest time, these can all help with more overload and thus basically help you build more muscle tissue. And according to, to, to a 2006 article published in Biomedicine, a group of women were given testosterone supplements and they showed significant improvements in muscle strength and function when compared with measurements taken before the study due to increased red blood cell concentration. And it was believed, and the insights that were pulled from this, is because they felt that the testosterone increased red blood cell production and obviously that allows you to push yourself hard on your workouts and build more muscle mass and so on. So I then started looking into other studies whereby testosterone has had some effect or it's the, it's the variable where people are trying to determine its effect on exercise or what it does to your body when you're working out. And according to an exercise scientist, Len Kravitz at the University of New Mexico, testosterone is a member of a group of specific proteins called growth factors. And these are things like growth hormone, HGH, which I mentioned in the introduction, cortisol, and obviously testosterone, and these all influence your capacity to increase muscle size. And the increase in muscle mass, which levels of testosterone give you, is because of the increased rate of muscle protein synthesis, and that's from a study called The Effect of Testosterone on Muscle Mass and Muscle Protein Synthesis. However, having said all this, let's just go back to what I said earlier, that every gym bro thinks testosterone, more muscle. But I said, is that the full truth? Well, According to Charles R. Drew from the University of Medicine and Science, 
who led a study on the effects of testosterone on muscle gain, a statistically significant increase in muscle growth wasn't actually seen until testosterone levels surpassed the top of the normal part of the scale by about 20 to 30 percent. So what this means is, if you think back to the levels of testosterone in males that I mentioned earlier, from 300 to 1,100 nanograms per deciliter, if someone's on the lower end of that scale, so 300, or the higher end, 1,100-ish, the level of muscle gain they're going to get due to testosterone will not be significant. It will not have much of an impact. But if you go beyond that scale, 20 to 30% beyond it, that's when it may start to uh, produce results. However, in a separate study on testosterone, what Charles R. Drew and his team did find was that fluctuations of testosterone within that physiological normal range did have significant effects on body fat percentage. So they found the higher the testosterone levels of these subjects, the leaner the subject was. And on the other hand, the lower the testosterone levels, the fatter they were in general. So when researchers decreased certain subjects' testosterone levels from the average of 600 to around 300 nanograms per deciliter, they saw a staggering 36% increase in fat mass. And I thought that was really interesting just to see that there's much more of an effect testosterone has in body fat percentage rather than muscle gain, which potentially is less well known or understood by individuals. And just to conclude this whistle-stop tour of testosterone, I wanted to look at a study called Hormonal Responses and Adaptations to Resistance Exercise and Training. So anabolic hormones such as testosterone and the growth hormones, they've been shown to be elevated during the 15 to 30 minute period after you've worked out and done resistance training, um, if a adequate stimulus is present. And obviously, we're always trying to do that because we're trying to progressively overload our muscles, as you learn from many of our, the 20 minute fitness episodes. However, they found that the best way to raise testosterone levels was from high volume, moderate to high intensity, and short rest intervals, stressing a large muscle mass. And this saw the greatest acute hormonal elevations, not just in testosterone, but also in the catabolic hormone, which we'll come on to later, cortisol, when compared to low volume, high intensity protocols using longer rest periods. And very finally on testosterone, another interesting thing that, or the part that testosterone plays in, you know, our bodies and their responses and uh, exercise and our fitness in general is that according to Hans Petty, an exercise physiologist, um, engaging in regular physical activity can help boost testosterone and this can actually slow the natural effects of aging. So when men get older, this is again men really, uh, their testosterone decreases and they can actually go into andropause, which is the male equivalent of menopause. And they find it difficult to put on muscle mass. They have a lack or a loss of stamina, among a number of other factors. However, this can be combated by maintaining a balanced diet and exercising frequently to try and keep our testosterone levels relatively high. Before we move on to talk about the second hormone we're going to cover today, I want to give a big thank you to our sponsor. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that includes everything you need to easily cook delicious meals that you can feel good about. So what else makes Green Chef different other than being USDA certified organic is that it offers some amazing meal plans that will really work for your diet. Uh, whether it's paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, or carnivore, those are all different meal plans that you can choose from from Green Chef. In fact, I just made a Green Chef meal the other night. It was veggie pad thai, and it couldn't have been easier to make. It was gluten-free. It was absolutely delicious. Um, all of Green Chef's recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step -step instructions, chef tips, and even photos to guide you along. 
along the way. And the part that I love most about it is that all of the ingredients are pre-measured, perfectly proportioned, and mostly prepped. So there's no going to the grocery store, finding a recipe, trying to figure it out, prepping all this food, wasting some food. Um, there was no waste. I got to just make the meal in less than 30 minutes and it was absolutely amazing. And each ingredient is thoughtfully sourced and its journey is tracked from planting to plating, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Green Chef thinks dinner should be planned around your life, not the other way around. And with Green Chef, it's easy to maintain a specialty diet and enjoy exciting brand new options every single week. So if you want $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash 20fit for $50 off your first box. And again, that's greenchef.us slash 20fit for $50 off your first box. Um, again, it couldn't be easier. Couldn't recommend it more. So now let's move on to talk about adrenaline, or as it's scientifically known, epinephrine. No doubt you will have heard of adrenaline, and probably when people talk about the fight or flight response, whether you're you know in a in a fight situation, and some people would choose to fight, or some people choose to run away, and that is down to uh, adrenaline. So adrenaline is triggered by stress on the body, and it's pumped into the bloodstream again from the adrenal glands and. I did mention earlier, these are located just above each kidney. It's activated in, as I said, fights dangerous and stressful situations, and the presence of the hormone enhances our abilities to some respect. They can expand our air passages and blood vessels, and obviously this in turn supplies blood flow to the brain, giving us increased alertness. It can also be a helpful tool um, when working out for the last few reps in your set because it might provide you with that last jolt of energy you need to complete that set before you tire. After releasing adrenaline, the relief you feel afterwards carries on throughout the day and allows you to become more productive and tackle tasks and become, you know, feel more upbeat. In order to properly reap the full rewards of it though, that are on offer from exercise, uh, you need to retain focus and intensity in your routine. And you can do this obviously by focusing on the muscle and my muscle connection for each exercise so if you're doing a bicep curl really focus on that slow contraction um, of and ensuring you're not swinging and obviously focusing on the bicep itself and this helps you to feel the burn obviously and not only helps your progress but it will also help you to use and engage adrenaline now we've discussed the anabolic hormone testosterone let's move on to a catabolic hormone which i've previously mentioned cortisol so you've probably heard cortisol is to do with stress and that in a sense is right it is a hormone produced by the body under stress or anger anxiety fear and ultimately it inflames and can damage our organs so what is the relationship with exercise well well as we said cortisol is released when we're stressed but not only mental stress also physical stress and high temperature as well so obviously when we exercise Exercise burns cortisol and therefore makes us healthier and happier, according to Debbie Mandel, the author of Turn On Your Inner Light, Fitness for Body, Mind and Soul. Cortisol, as I've said, is a hormone that breaks down muscle tissue, so that's what's meant by catabolic. As new muscle tissue is produced, old tissue is cannibalized. So what's really going on with cortisol? Well, cortisol enables your body to use muscle protein for energy, and it can actually inhibit muscle growth even when testosterone availability is optimal. The downside of cortisol don't stop there because cortisol's also been linked to weight gain and even high blood pressure if you have too high a level. Therefore, reducing level levels of cortisol is necessary in order for an athlete to achieve tissue growth or obviously to um, get that fat loss they've been aiming for and in order to make positive adaptations to their exercise training. So we now know that 
cortisol can break down proteins. But what's actually happening? Well, it accelerates the breakdown of proteins into amino acids. And these amino acids move out from the muscle tissue into the bloodstream. And eventually they'll make their way to the cells in the liver, where they're then converted to glucose by a process known as gluconeogenesis. So here we can see what I said earlier, that the cortisol is making muscle or protein available for energy use, which is not what we want because we want to be using, you know, fat stores and carbohydrate sources for our energy. So going back to the sort of stress link with cortisol, when we are feeling stressed and the body is um, having stress exerted on it, cortisol level rises. And this allows for the necessary sort of adaptation from the body for coping with and surviving emergency situations. And when we feel calmer, the cortisol levels will then ease down again. If the adrenal glands are unable to launch a satisfactory stress response, the body will then begin to deteriorate. So this actually means that the more stress uh, we put on the body, and if we start overtraining, we can actually, and obviously that having greater demand upon the adrenal glands, and it results in the adrenal gland exhaustion. So not only is this bad for the adrenal glands, other functions of releasing hormones such as testosterone, but it's also uh, because we're releasing excessive amounts of cortisol when we're overtraining. When we do overtrain, cortisol breaks down an average of 3 to 5% of muscle proteins daily. And obviously this is not ideal because we're trying to be, in general, building muscle and building lean muscle mass rather than <laughs> catabolizing a dangerous excess of our protein. But we can limit the effects of cortisol or we can ensure we don't release too much cortisol by getting the right amount of sleep, making sure we're you know, keeping happy, keeping relaxed, not being too stressed, and having the right amount of exercise, so not overdoing it, not ridiculously killing yourself in the gym in every single session and giving your body time to rest and recover. Let's have a quick look at another growth factor, human growth hormone, which we talked about earlier. And this, again, is an anabolic peptide hormone, so it's not breaking down your muscles, but helping to build muscle tissue. And it's secreted by the anterior pituitary gland that stimulates cellular growth. So again, it works for specific receptor sites like all other hormones, and it can produce a number of different responses, including increasing muscle protein synthesis, uh, bone mineralization, it supports immune system function, and it can even promote fat metabolism. So it's generally produced during the REM cycles of sleep, and you can check out the sort of in more depth the sleep cycle by listening to one of our earlier podcasts um, and it's really stimulated by high intensity exercise like high high sort of heavy strength training explosive power stuff so maybe plyometrics and hgh has really gotten a bad name because the media sort of associate it with steroids and they call, they call it an anabolic steroid when it's not really. The reason being is because it is tested for and banned by most major sporting leagues because we don't want people to have a competitive advantage over others. HGH or growth hormone is necessary though because it helps you transition from a child or adolescent to an adult. It really does help your, your bones and mus skeletal muscle grow and otherwise if you had a deficiency in it you could potentially never grow to your, your true potential. Now, there are plenty more hormones I could cover, like insulin and insulin-like growth factors. But the hormone I want to finally finish on is estrogen. Now, estrogen determines whether carbs or fat fuel the body during an intense workout. And according to a study conducted on a documentary by the BBC, and it's called Trust Me, I'm a Doctor, if you want to check it out, men are programmed to use carbohydrates as an energy source while working out, whilst women use fat. And in the documentary, Dr. Adam Collins of the University of Surrey recruited 30 volunteers, so 13 men and 17 women, and they didn't usually do a lot of exercise. For the first four weeks of the experiment, they took part in three classes a week, so a high-intensity training class, a Zumba class, and a spin class. 
and they all consumed a drink before and after each class. However, some were drinking a placebo with no calories, whilst others were drinking a calorie-controlled high-carbohydrate drink. And this allowed Dr. Collins to test the effects of eating carbohydrates before and after exercising. At the beginning and end of the experiment, they tested how much fat the volunteers were burning while at rest, along with their weight, waist circumference, blood sugar and blood fat levels. And what was really interesting was that Dr. Collins discovered that women burned more fat than men when working out and from working out, and the women that were taking carbohydrates before working out burned up to 22% more fat. On the other hand, men burning less fat overall, but those who were given carbohydrates after exercising burned 8% more fat. And this is because men, as carbohydrate burners, once they've exercised, they'll use the carbohydrate they've just taken in to replace the carbohydrates in their muscles rather than burn it for fuel, and so they'll continue to burn fat instead. So that's why they burn more fat than people who had their carbohydrates beforehand. Now, it's not the sole reason, but estrogen plays a significant role in why men are carbohydrate burners and women are um, fat burners. And I thought it would be very interesting to put that in and show the effect of estrogen on uh, exercise as well. But I've just seen the time and we are going well over, so I hope you've learned something. I hope you really enjoyed this episode of 20 Minute Fitness, looking at hormones. Obviously, a lot more to cover, and I suggest you do some research by yourself on it, because it's fascinating stuff, just finding out how the body works and how we can almost manipulate our bodies to be able to produce more HGH or testosterone, um, and how we can you know become more calm to reduce cortisol. It was really interesting looking into it, and I really hope you enjoyed, and we'll catch you next time.